0: You are listening to Life Stories with me, Natalie Millisnell. Throughout this series, you'll hear honest conversations with inspiring people. And I am so super excited and so very grateful for my guests who have been incredibly candid about their journeys. So sit back and prepare to be inspired. Hello, everyone! Now, I am really excited for my show today. My guest is a rather fabulous musical comedian and improviser. She has played at the London Palladium, is a core member at Showstopper, the improvised musical. She's a regular on Radio 4 and is co-founder of the Sunday Assembly. Please put your hands together for the absolutely incredible Pippa Evans. Woo! Woo! Yeah. yeah hey, well. it's me.
1: Woo rubbing my eye because something's just gone in my eye but
0: uh, <laughs> moment
1: giving the visuals to the people at home rub my eye. maybe I just cleaned the oven as well because my uh, after that amazing introduction I just like to ground myself
0: Obviously, see any other last
1: <laughs> I've just rubbed my eye, thinking, have I just rubbed really hardcore bleach in my eye? Anyway, we'll persevere. We'll see what happens.
0: Well, do you know what? You're absolutely marvellous. Now, I did a bit of Googling on Pippa last night because I've just attended Pippa's rather incredible improv programme with five weeks' worth of improvisation, and it was transformational for me, I must say. I was really nervous going into it. Whilst we've all got our comfort zone and we feel that we can, you know, tackle these things or you, you goof around with friends, actually getting into that situation to try to was it fail forward that you said, in, incredible learnings that we, we got with you. I was nervous going into it, but by the end, a massive transformation in terms of both how I th- thought about things how I read situations and started listening to dialogue with people and actually how we can bring that into our lives, which is the essence I believe and understand from, from where you're coming with in, impo, improvisation. Improvisation. The <laughs> exactly. first
1: rule of improvisation is never say the same word twice. <laughs> <laughs> Keep off. changing the word. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so I, cause I've learned improvisation as a performer and, um, And I love that. That's a really brilliant brilliant way to create theatre in the moment with the audience and therefore the product that we create. We all own it and then it disappears and it's gone, so it's really about being with people in that moment and then being able to let something go and do it all again the next time. Um, But then from a point of view of life lessons from improvisation, there's just so many. And I think it's, I actually really am starting to get on a bit of a um, campaign trail of everyone should learn to improvise because it teaches you so many things through play Um, and that's quite rare to have a space where you um, work on yourself, you work with others uh, and you have fun doing it and it's sort of like, kind of like returning to childhood and we forget to take childhood with us actually we think we grow up and we must leave childhood behind but actually we should think of it more like uh, those russian dolls you know like that, that yes. child is there and then we put grown up around there and then we maybe we put the adult around there and who knows the grandparent whatever it is uh, as we we grow rings like a tree you know i'll mix up on the metaphors but just to not not to throw the child away but rather to um grow through it
0: yeah Do you know, it's really interesting you say that. I've had a few guests on recently um, relating to art, actually. And that whole kind of relationship you were talking about as we grow up, we forget certain parts of who we are or we don't allow ourselves to just let go. And talking to um, her name, Jenny, she was saying that she would do um, classes with kids and classes with um, adults within the corporate world. And she'd say to the adults, you know, just draw a line or draw something or other carefree go with it but they'd all be peering over each other just to check that they're doing the right thing you say that to a child whoa the you know freewheeling and really having fun with it it's a very similar concept
1: yeah absolutely absolutely the um and that and then that speaks to my other favorite thing to say which is follow your obvious because your obvious is not my obvious and it's so important but we don't exactly say in that example the grown-ups often are scared that they're going to stand out. Actually, um, what's that brilliant quote? You're not actually scared. We're not scared of of the darkness. We're scared of how brightly we might shine mm. uh, because actually, you might draw attention to yourself. So, so um, those grown ups are ha- are hiding by copying, um, yeah. rather than little kids. And little kids. What's even better about little kids is they're not actually trying to be the best. You know, they're not being competitive necessarily. They're just like, oh, a line right this is what I'm going to do you know they're so in the moment with what they're doing um whereas we are so taught to be competitive and that it's actually about who does the best picture perfection Um, I do some business training with my friend Steve Weiner and he has this exercise where he gets everyone to do a paper plane and then they throw the plane and you see how far it's gone and then um, and then he chooses who wins and he never chooses the one that's gone furthest he'll choose the one that looks the funniest or the one that's (laughs) You know, I don't know, it, it, it's in the middle. And everyone goes bonkers. They're like, but it didn't win, you know. And so uh, so the fact that adults have so ingrained in them this idea of you must be the best, you know, always about being the best and a very specific um, way of measuring what the best is um, rather than just being and just playing. How funny would that be? <laughs> and and following like, your... We were able to do that.
0: Well, yeah. You're obvious. Following your obvious, on it, yeah, I think that is marvellous because that really landed with me during your program actually. And it doesn't matter because my obvious is not your obvious, but it works. And when you found that trust in the relationship in the improv, it actually made everyone else feel more comfortable because you literally would just go with it together. And that was quite magical, I thought actually.
1: Well, yeah, the tr- and you said trust is so important because so often we try to build things before we have any trust. And actually, that's why we start the course with let's just be gentle with each other because we don't know each other. So um, why should I? Why should you, Natalie, trust me with um, your deepest, darkest secrets or your brilliant ideas that maybe you've been hiding because they're so precious to you? you Uh, And I might disrespect them. So so actually to gain trust before we um, before we share everything. I think is really important. And, allow, and that to be okay, you know, to take time. I think that, that's something sometimes we're like, I've got to always be super fun in the moment. Everything, wow, woo, ideas, fun times. But actually those are kind of moments that we have throughout the year or throughout our lives. And most of the rest of the time, we're sort of just uh, being and feeling and noticing. And then maybe we'll have a little, a shine moment. And then we can go back to being and feeling and noticing. Um, so take the
0: take the pressure off being shiny all the time.
1: It's very important.
0: I love that. Be- so, I mean, let's talk about this is beautifully rich conversation already, to be honest. But for folk who might not be aware of the glorious being that you are, Pippa Evans, who is Pippa mm-hmm. and how did you become a comedian. Your voice, by the way, is amazing. I saw that London Palladium um, gig. Oh, my word. My wife's in the other room like that. Who's singing? I was like, I know. <laughs> but, uh, so how did you get into that? And then the improv side of things? Well,
1: um, so, I mean, I grew up in a, fem- a really for most people, a very irritating family of people who love singing and dancing and would sing around a piano. And uh, we all know a ridiculous amount of old time music hall songs. So I was brought up doing stuff. My parents met doing Amdram. So, um, amateur dramatics they're not into the lingo uh so they were doing like Gilbert and Sullivan and all that kind of stuff and uh, so as a kid I thought it was completely normal to go on stage I didn't understand why anyone would think it was weird um and I don't know if you've seen this video going around Facebook at the moment of the kids singing in a choir and all the rest of the kids are kind of going oh singing into themselves a little bit self-conscious and then this kid in the middle is just like really living his best life in the lyrics and um Uh, I basically, I was that kid who would be in the middle going, why is everybody standing still? (laughs) Come on, let's sing. Uh, So that would be me. And then, so then I went and did drama at university, but I kind of wanted to be a stand-up comedian. So when I had, I had a gap year, I went and did stand-up comedy course at City Lit. And I did about, I don't know, 20 gigs, but I was only 18. So I thought, I I don't really have anything to say. So I went and did drama at university and did a bit, a little tiny bit of stand-up during that time. And then when I left university, I started just doing performing. Just acting, theatre education, and I then did another stand-up course, um, and met somebody on that course who who sorry, one of the modules was improvisation, and it was the bit that I actually found really easy and accessible I'd always been a big fan of who's lines anyway and uh sorry there's a fly flying around my face which no one at home will know but it's, <laughs> it's I wondered really if you were just to get in my mouth so I just keep um so Natalie must be that is she doing sign language just sign language those <laughs> <laughs> uh, no uh, this annoying fly. anyway um the point being that we did uh, yeah so so I did this improv thing and then someone remembered that I did that improv thing and invited me to another improv thing and then suddenly I was in the world of improv so my path had never been I'm going to be in improvisation it was like improvisation went hello I'm over here come join me um so then I was so I was doing stand-up comedy uh with one hand and improvisation with the other hand uh and then I found another hand to do uh other performing stuff acting stuff Uh, and then then I uh, sort of and I I was in a group called scratch improv and we did quite well and then they uh, and then we discovered, we were discovered, me and myself and Ruth Bratt, who's in that show, by Adam Bagido and Dylan Emery, who said, will you come and be in this new show called Showstopper the Improvised Musical? And we were like, all right, all right, why not? And then here we are, um, 13 years later, still treading the boards with them. So that's the story of how I got into improvisation and comedy and performing and stuff.
0: Inqu- I mean, it's, it, it appears very natural for you. Do you. Was it just like an extension of self? Or did you feel you had to work at it? Did it come very naturally being from the family that, you know, you are from? Um,
1: well, actually, I think uh, I think it 100% comes completely naturally to me. I don't feel. Uh, yeah, I sort of like love talking and singing and standing on stage. Absolutely no problem. However, I did go through that phase that a lot of people do go through, particularly women, unfortunately, uh, which is these phase of, oh, God, I'm too much. I should probably stop doing this and hide. So I would, so I sort of disappeared out of the limelight as it were for a bit and was like, I'm going to be a TV producer. I'm going to do I sort of coming up with all these sort of jobs that weren't quite the one I wanted to do because I was a bit scared to say, no, I do want to stand on stage and I do want people to look at me. Um, but don't worry, eventually that ran. <laughs>
0: It ran,
1: that ran out, and, I'm, and here I am uh, so t- it was a happy ending story everyone I'm
0: just as loud and obnoxious as I was when I was a child do you know what though that's quite encouraging and I wonder how folk would will, will take that listening in because we all go through that at some point I mean certainly I've experienced it over the recent years actually you know I can be quite enthusiastic quite energetic and quite uh, very positive about things and I wonder sometimes if that's too much for people so you do then you know pull, pull yourself back so it's really interesting to hear you say that and I imagine a lot of people can identify but when you don't do it you, you're not fulfilling yourself are you? you you'll end up coming back to it anyway or you end up probably getting sick or something because you're you're not being true to yourself
1: yeah yeah absolutely but I, I think the, but I think it really comes around to are you hiding or are you shifting so for example if you know I am quite loud, if I go into a room and I'm like, pow, pow, and I sense, you know, somebody's just died, I will, I will change because I'm being of sensitive course. to the situation. Okay, maybe. I so that's, for me, that's shifting. That's so like, oh, I'm just going to do a quick shift here. Yeah. <laughs> into a slightly more sensitive pipper. The problem is more when you go into a room and I, I usually describe it when I'm teaching as that moment when you, someone says something funny and you have something funny to say and you just don't say it because you just think oh no I'm not sure it'll be funny like you have the moment of this will be funny and then you stop yourself um so that moment where you stop yourself from joining in that's when you're I feel like that's when you're hiding you know yeah um and I think that's I think that's important to distinguish those two things because some people are naturally really quiet and and I really encourage that to rather than feel like oh I'm very quiet I should learn to be loud it's like no be the best quiet you could be I love (laughs) that can be fully present and quiet. You know, you can you can hold. Look at the. I, I say the Dalai Lama is a great. I, I'm often use him as an example anyway because I just think he's a super dude. But um really, just hold space. Those gurus who just hold space. They don't say anything, but you're completely with them. You know, so you can be absolutely brilliant and present and quiet at the same time.
0: And I'm just thinking now, loads is flooding into my mind, and I'm not going to give too much away from your course, because I I hope and I've no doubt you're rerunning it again on the improv, but it just brings back so much of the incredible teaching in and around the kind of yes and um, improvisation as well, and supporting others as well, and recognising where somebody is in in the, the status, the hierarchy or whatever within that group, and enabling somebody to feel part and bring them in all great skills all great things that actually come out in your improv work and in that improv program which was absolutely fantastic
1: yeah and I suppose what I like about it is that you practice those skills whilst pretending to be two chickens or something you know (laughs) so uh that's also yeah. what's great about it, is it. It's not like doing role, you know, where someone goes, let's role play and we're having a party and then you come in and you tell an addict, you know, that's, it's like, well, but what how great if you're like, all right, we're two chickens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. It's so much playful, but you're still practicing all the things. Are you listening? Are you taking the offer? Are you, did you, did you doze off? Um, are you feeling anxious? Uh, what's happening? What's happening in your
0: chicken brain right now? <laughs> brilliant now you mentioned show just then um so you've been 13 years was that you said 13 years Mm. absolutely incredible what's gone on over the past year for you obviously covid's had an enormous impact with everybody that would have been in person before how have you had to pivot um into (laughs) and what does that look like now Uh, we we touched on it just before we started recording you did your first in person but it's slightly different
1: well, so it, it actually really depends on where we're going because everyone's got different COVID rules as well. So, so oh, what happened yeah. was when so we actually got um, on the the day they closed the West End, we were supposed to be on in the West End um, oh. when they they when they announced we're closing all the theaters. Um, so that morning my inbox had every hour been an email saying, this thing's canceled, this thing's canceled, this thing's canceled. And so it was sort of this impending doom of, oh my goodness, we've lost everything. And then they closed the theater. However, we were the only show in the West End that owns complete rights to our show because it's improvised. So we live streamed a show from the West End that night just on phones, very bad quality, but um, it's on the old Showstopper Facebook page if you want to um, have a look at people just sort of wide-eyed, improvising, going, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're having fun now. Um, and then uh, and then it was like, well, what are we going to do? And we were very lucky that in our company, Andrew Pugsley has already um, had already been playing with online performance. Um, so he managed to put together a brilliant uh, online live stream show that we did from a t, te- we're doing the last one I think this month, uh, at the end of the month, um, and then we're stopping because now everything's starting to open up again. Of course, people don't necessarily want to watch online stuff, but um, but that was amazing to see the adapt adaptation from. So the audience, you know, sends messages on YouTube and and tells us what they want the musical to be about. So it's actually weirdly more interactive because we're not asking people to put their hands up and then finding one person's idea. We can see literally everyone's idea. Yeah. And at our peak, we had um, 1,200 people or something watching the show. And I was in charge of the chat on YouTube <laughs> and I literally couldn't read it because it was so fast. Good one, like just constantly writing. So that was really, that was very funny. Um, so that was, that's how we, that's how we actually adapted. And then we, and we filmed lots of online songs and sketches and bits and bobs. But then when the theater reopened we've had we now have to stand two meters apart from each other on stage and we have to get the suggestions by text message because the audience is not allowed to shout out uh, and so it's just a really different feel um and it's not it's not necessarily bad it's just sort of weird because for us because we're like okay because the i don't know if you know but the social distance distance is the distance of um, "I do wish you'd stop talking to me. Uh, so, so that means that you'll constantly <laughs> feel like the person is trying to get away, uh, which is why I hate the social distance um, distance so much, because it's so uncomfortable the distance. Anyway, um, so that means on stage, all of our characters are standing the distance that says, uh, I don't really want to be. Don't him. talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> don't talk to me, please. Uh, but it's kind of crazy. We know we don't, and so we're having to do the three handers So normally there's six members of the cast and three people in the band, and now we're having to do them three people in the cast, one person in the band, and uh, and that just means you're working
0: really, really hard. Yeah. Changes the dynamic dramatically. I mean, no one we couldn't have predicted this would happen. So that's quite an, an evolution and change for you in terms of how you're working as well. New challenges. New opportunities stand in distance yeah. from folk trying to do improv.
1: Yeah, new yeah, new opportunities. And 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 to be honest, I gave myself permission not to like it. Um and just said, you know, you don't you don't have to like this, but this this is what it is at the moment. You know, I often talk about accept and build rather than yes and, um, because um sometimes it's like again, this kind of forced hey guys we're so lucky to be on stage we must be grateful and happy for everything but actually if you're not feeling that you know if you're like this is really hard and not what I signed up for but this is what it is you know we have to be able to accept that otherwise we otherwise again we're in this sort of slightly not true space of whereas actually go we're gonna make up a musical tonight it's not how I would have liked to do it but we still get to make up a musical so there we go love it and I found that found that very helpful
0: yeah, a great mindset to have in approaching that. I love that a lot. I like it. Now, I mentioned earlier the Sunday Assembly, your co-founder. Can you share with folk listening in what exactly the Sunday Assembly is? And because you're not actively involved anymore, are you? No, no, no. So,
1: about, um, so it was, I believe it was 2013. And um, me and my fellow comedian Sanderson Jones were talking about how we thought it was a shame that people who don't believe in God don't have a church type place because um we've both been to church as kids and we could actually see what the benefits of that community that ready built community who have a set of beliefs that they um can kind of agree on uh so what would it look like what would church without god look like and um so we decided to try it out and um we thought it'd just be sort of a funny little tryout thing and over 200 people turned up Wow. Uh, we only, and we only had like 50 chairs and um, and it was in an, in a primary school hall which was like a deconsecrated church uh, and the only other chairs available were those tiny chairs you have for kids oh in yeah weeks. yeah there was all these grown-ups sitting on the <laughs> tiniest <laughs> chairs you could imagine anyway uh, and so the premise of it was like instead of a sermon you have a talk given by somebody uh you have pop songs instead of hymns you have a reading you know so it's not the bible or Uh, it's but it's a poem or something and um, and then we have a moment of reflection together in silence and um, the motto is live better help often wonder more and uh, yeah well recently I did a talk at Sunday assembly so I'm no longer involved but I went back and did some talks about improv at various assemblies online and I said actually if I was going to change it I would change it to live fully one, um oh because sometimes live better again it kind of has that slightly competitive yeah you can always be the best be better uh rather than like oh are we actually paying attention to our full our full selves um that we're not just trying to make sure our instagram's nice uh as it were <laughs> uh, so yeah so that so that was that and, and it started people came from all over the world started setting them up so we had them around the world um and, uh yeah so I left about three years ago I think now and there's there's less of them around because they take a lot of work you know part of the reason mm-hmm. I had to go was because I said I just I just don't have the capacity to run this thing anymore and, and you and you don't need you don't need me anymore you know it's that kind of the creator must leave at some point for the project to flourish um but the ones that are still around are strong you know so it's mm. L.A., Nashville, Atlanta, uh, London. I can't remember if Brighton still exists. I think it might do, uh, and Edinburgh, and then various other small ones around the country. But um, so so they still meet and create space for people that feel like they're a bit um, like can't can't quite find a community.
0: Yeah, and community is so important at the moment, isn't it? I mean. More than ever with everything that we've been through isolation. I I mean I love that whole concept. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And you, I mm-hmm. saw your speech yesterday as well. Um, is it a TEDx?
1: TEDx London. Sure. TEDx. TEDx. Shored. Is that what it
0: was? Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. I loved how you you sold it. And would go a YouTube. Or not yeah, YouTube and a uh, Google Pippa and the the TEDx. It's brilliant. It really made me smile. I must say. But I get it. It's such a great idea that you came up, and it's global now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and also um, the thing that surprised me the most about it was how much it tapped into something that was already there. Um, so you know, any good idea really only um, it flourishes because it taps into something that was already in the ether, mm-hmm. and no one was yet able to articulate what it was. Because um, we got so many emails from people saying, "I was going to do this um, either." I'm so glad you did it, or I can't believe you stole my idea, <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> <because I can't... laughs> yeah. And and it and actually, again, coming back to follow, you're obvious. That's all it was. You know, we just fo- literally followed our obvious mind. Like, and that classic thing of, is this What is this stupid? Because it's so obvious, you know. Yeah. Um, but okay, we're going to say it out loud and see what happens. And what happened was everyone was like, yes, this is what I need. This is what I want. And, you know, so many people from religious circles totally understood, actually. Yeah, you know, they, I can imagine. They, you'd, you'd expect people to be like, um, you know, you're making fun of God or whatever. Like, no, there's enough depth here, actually. That mm. this is 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 not just a flippant idea of atheist church because because the, the idea was actually not it got dubbed the atheist church, but actually the word atheist a lot of people also myself included don't identify with that word because um, because it's so um, final in terms of this is I believe this whereas I am much more agnostic mm. uh, and into interested in that spiritual space and why we need it you know and why. Why we, um, if, you know, if we are so happy with science and science is the answer, why is there still this need for that extra something for that Mm. connecting to the bigger idea of life, the world, um, God in by which I mean, in the sort of most ethereal sense, you know. Yeah. And people still talk about all of these things. um, This, this, this thing that cannot be quantified really.
0: Yeah. But we all feel it mm. definitely in connection as well and that whole kind of energetic vibration almost and how we're elevated when we feel that energy and, and we're filling our tank and we've got community and we, all those endorphins and all that good stuff and the, the chemicals that we naturally produce just from being around folk so there's definitely something in it I, I love I absolutely love the whole concept I think it's really marvelous really marvelous but I get that it's probably so a lot to be involved with as well. When you've got myriad of other things going on, you know. And okay, you when you
1: choose your
0: pies, choose your Yeah, and when you're writing a book as well.
1: Yes, that's right. right. I wrote a book. She yes. wrote, I'm, I'm
0: holding this up for Pippa. Unfortunately, you all won't see it, but I can tell you the title: "Improv Your Life." It, uh, do you know what? It's funny? I've, I'm, I'm not fully through it yet. I won't lie, but it is hilarious. The front page. When you talk about, it's likely that we've all been. Um, not forced into improv but you've done some kind of team building event, and you talk about or maybe your company forced you onto an away day which you thought was going to be all beer and raft building but instead there were five actors wearing matching t-shirts and your ass clamped up
1: (laughs) (laughs) brilliant
0: honestly but this is everything that you've already spoken about really isn't it but in a in a beautiful book in a
1: book form yeah and I wrote that during lock I mean it was my lockdown gift to be honest was that book um because as I said all of the work disappeared and then luckily two weeks later Hodder said would you like to write a book and I went yes please (laughs) this is definitely a yes and moment um so that was you know what a gift to be given when because my husband actually said to me he said I don't think you would have been able to write this book if it, if the world hadn't shut for you uh, because, <laughs> because I do so many different things he was like you would have said yes and then you would have been like oh I'm going to write a book <laughs> Uh so <laughs> just like I say that's my own impression of myself not my husband he would never he would never do that impression of me because he's so deeply respectful of my work um, but uh, yes so so and it was great, great gift and I loved writing it actually because um, because again it's one of those things where you're like it's a bit scary, here are all my ideas let me put them in a book so you can judge me in 10 years time and um, and two things came up from that, one was finishing it I went oh no I really do believe everything in this book and and the second thing was that someone said to me as long as you really believe the things that you've written in this book that's okay because you know people do change so if in 10 years you were like someone's like why did you say that about us clamping up be like oh yeah at the time i thought it was funny but you're right maybe maybe it was maybe maybe it's not funny now or whatever it is um, and i know and some uh, i said i said that when I was, I was like doing hay festival the other week and i said that i said you know as long as you really believe what you've written and it's great and they were they were sort of like it was marcus bigstock interviewing me and he said mm, okay well good luck with that one because obviously some people write really horrific racist nasty Things and then go. Oh, but I didn't mean it. I didn't read it. So I'm hoping that the book is neither racist uh, nor sexist uh, or homophobic. Um, But you know, when you finished it, Natalie, you let me know. I would
0: totally will. No, I I have to say it's bringing a (laughs) smile to my face. I I love that it's you in on the pages, and it's beautiful in terms of actually making you think. But it's akin to the the program as well, and it's about allowing Mm -hmm. yourself just to be a bit free and a bit you know enjoy what's going on around you and that I suppose that childish freedom again isn't it to to observe and go with your obvious follow your obvious okay. totally. be in the moment and you know what again going back to writing but I've, I've interviewed quite a few authors and what's always struck me and what I always love and I admire is exactly what you touched on just then you're putting something out there for people to basically criticize because you know because folk can you know and it's I think it's admirable so yeah I, I really take my hat off to anyone who writes a book and puts their heart and soul out into the world um and yeah everybody go buy it basically
1: everyone please go buy please, it. Everybody. And,
0: and but for me
1: literally everyone please
0: um
1: for me, <laughs> as me as well as an improviser I've never had a solid thing actually that I made right because yeah okay all my shows disappear so um so it's funny as well, being like, oh, it's a th- I can look at the thing I made and in and it, it may still exist
0: in 20 years, you know. Of course. Kind of yeah. Something solid. Oh, I quite like that. That's amazing. Good thought process. Right. Okay. So what have you got coming up for you? I mean, you've already achieved an enormous amount. There's been incredible success for you. Um, workshops or programs, what do you call it? Do you call it a workshop, your improv, or do you call it? A I call it I call it a five week course, I think. <laughs> okay, love it. Do you have any more courses
1: uh, language <laughs> I use. One of my courses, yes. Yeah. So I do a five-week improve your life course, and and actually, do you know what? I get a lot of people returners, like people who just come back and do the same course again because it's essentially I'm teaching the basics, and then and then, mm. but you then most of it is practical because um, it really is only learned through doing. So as you will testify, naturally a lot of it's me throwing you into a breakout room and going do this, uh, and then me popping up every so often and going everyone, all right? Okay, I'll go. Wait, um <laughs> Because I've been on courses where the lecturer talks a lot. Uh, and if you're doing a, something that's practical, actually, uh, as much as I love the sound of my own voice and as wise as I am, uh, the best learning is done through, uh, through doing. So, uh, so that's actually, i will do that five weeks, but I'm having a little break for the summer. So I'll be back, but my, I'll have them up on my website, hopefully in the next month, but I'm just moving house everyone. So be patient. Okay. Be patient. And, um, so hopefully from September, we'll have online one, online courses and maybe some in real life sort of weekend courses where people can come Ooh. for the whole weekend. Uh, and I think that will be really fun. And I might do them sort of in different places around the country.
0: Oh, do you know, see, I'd be really curious to join that, actually, because I, obviously doing it online, I had my own nerves and whatnot, but I'd be really curious to understand how I feel in person. So yeah. There's almost an element of safety in my room here. And plus yeah. my Wi-Fi kept dropping out. I mean, half the time. Oh, anyway, that's my issue. <laughs> but I'd be really curious to see how that, the interaction in person. Yeah. That changes yeah, the because, dynamic.
1: Because the, yeah, 100%. And because you've got all these other things to be aware of. And then as we discovered in the course, once you're aware of them, you're kind of hyper aware of them to begin with. Mm. So once you're really aware, like we do that, that whole bit about status. And that is quite um, confronting actually. And then you suddenly can be going into all situations going, who's high status? Who's low status? How am I going to change the status? How can I play the status game? Um, And actually that's not necessarily where we want to be. We just want to be able to be aware of these things, be aware of being aware as Rupert Spira
0: would say. Mm. I, I mean, I highly recommend it to absolutely anybody. As you say, the whole dynamic, the learning, the actual doing as well, and yeah, and meeting lovely people. I was just saying to Pippa before we started recording, we're now doing our own little catch up. Um, and yeah, I'm sure everyone will be back as well at some point, but we're catching up. So there's a community, another community, Pippa, that you have evolved. You've done it again. I've done it again. It's <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, a delightful conversation it's been really 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 fantastic catching up with you is there anything else you have coming up which you'd like to chat about before i ask you for one kind of parting thought for everyone um I don't think so, everyone. Just if you
1: want to know what I'm doing, my website has stuff on it, and I'm but I am quite bad at updating it, so it will be up to date sometimes. <laughs> That's one choice, but I'm generally quite active on Twitter and the Instagram at I Evans. So those are the best places to see
0: what I am doing. I love it. Yes, I am Pipper Evans everywhere, pretty much. Is it everywhere? Everywhere, everywhere. I am brilliant right okay listening to the beautiful stuff that you've had to say that the the confidence that it's used from you but obviously from learned experience as well if someone is sat here listening first off they would like to do your improv course but feel a bit nervous about it your pro course no it was course yeah yeah yeah. improv course that came naturally and then I questioned myself Mm -hmm. um or just generally they're looking to seize an opportunity but lacking confidence how would you advise them to find that within them
1: um, well, I would, my, one of my favorite improv learnings is uh, the concept of what happens next. Um, so, so often what happens is we go straight to the full story. So we go, oh, well, I would love to sign up on a course, but then I'll have to go. And then I'm I meet people and it's scary. And it's six weeks time, i will be tired. And then I've raised them and we kind of tell the whole story as we've suddenly quickly imagined it. Um, but really the only thing we have any control of is literally the next decision. So what happens next? So just if if we find our our brain uh, over going into overtime, I've got loads of stories to tell you they're not all fun. Uh, (laughs) Then we, then we want to have a little, what, what happens next break? Okay. Well, we don't have any control over that brain. So what happens next? I'm going to go to the website. What happens next? I'm going to walk in that door. What happens next? I'm going to order a drink, you know? So just go literally what's the next tiny step rather than trying to do everything at once
0: absolutely brilliant it's stopping the overwhelm isn't it focusing what you can immediately control at the moment delicious fabulous advice thank you so much for joining me thanks natalie enjoy the rest of your day (laughs) and the sunshine (laughs) and thanks everyone for listening take care look after yourself keep well you have been listening to life stories with me natalie miller snell For all information related to my guests, please check the show notes. And if you wish to continue the conversation with us, please hashtag Life Stories on all social channels. If you enjoyed this show, please pop over to seizetheday.simplecast.com where you'll find my other shows. If you're interested to know any more about coaching, please visit me at nmscoaching.co.uk where you'll also find details of the latest workshops I am running